Welcome to the Naked Church Podcast. We're excited to be back. What are we talking about today, Diana? I have a question for you. Yes. Um, who is supposed to be coming to our church gatherings? Um, Who's supposed to be there? Yeah, that would be Christians and an, an ideal. Maybe that's too idealistic for an answer, but Christians, right? I mean, followers of the way. That's the, that's the purpose. So what would you say? So my answer has changed, I guess, over time, yeah, yeah. because as someone who was not, well, I don't know, just when, when I started going to church, right. And we started traveling to all these churches, I get to hear everyone's everything. And, um, I heard all these different philosophies of our church gatherings mm. and even like different philosophies of church planting. Like I remember one distinct conversation <laughs> with someone who said that they really we're going for the like attractive model where you just make your church as attractive as possible to get literally anyone in the doors by any means necessary. Um, cause it's just about the numbers. Like that was the, how the conversation went. And so I was yeah. like, Oh, okay. I was like, yeah, I definitely have heard a lot of pastors and church leaders or staffers or whatever say that that's uh, a horrible idea. And this guy's like, we're just going to full send that. Um, and then it was, it honestly wasn't until like a couple of years ago, I think though, you were the first person who was just so adamantly like, no, there's not these different approaches. It's meant to be believers. I and was the first person to say that to you. So yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah <I laughs> That's great. Or maybe, or maybe you were just the first no, one that I, I took I'm, very seriously. No, I, I think there was a certain strength of conviction you had when you said uh, yeah. it, which is why I wanted to ask you. That's because, funny. Yeah. No, I mean, I did. I didn't know that. Um, Cause which, I, yeah, I was thinking like, well, I mean, people invite their friends mm. or they're like people like, you know, it, there's just such a mantra of you invite people who seem interested yeah. to come to church, come check it out, but okay. they're not actually believers. And you're like, it's for believers. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It, it's funny. It, it yeah. feels almost dumb to give an answer for lack of a better phrase, the way that I, I did like a uh, Christians followers of the way, <laughs> you know, but, but it is important to talk about because I think this is a larger yeah. conversation and we already kind of were talking about this on the last couple episodes but there's a, there's a larger conversation at hand i think on just kind of the ethics of the ecclesia you know yeah. like the what are the christian ethics yeah. of the gathering of believers um and it, yeah it's a massive conversation yeah it is and essentially the point of this podcast is we don't have the best ethics maybe in the current uh setup setup or arrangement of church in america and I, I think there are some ethics that should be there that are just completely overlooked. And then there are some ethics that are straight up worldly that yeah. exist in the in current church structure. Um, but when you get down to the point of your question, who should be in church? Christians. Yeah. And I think we should probably go over biblically mm -hmm. why that's the case. Um, because I hadn't, I honestly had not even thought to really um search out a definitive answer because I, I don't know I guess it was just that whole experience of of touring to all these different um churches throughout all these different denominations and we could even be within you yeah. know the same denomination and I'll get different answers um from 
the spiritual authority that's there, I didn't think for a while that there was like a biblical Hmm. non-negotiable kind of answer. I didn't think that there was that. So I think it would be good to get into why can we say with such confidence that these gatherings are meant for believers? They're not meant for non-believers yeah. and all that stuff. Um, because there's, especially, you know, we if we want to get into ethics, like, yo, people can, I can talk ethics for like ever. Sure. And um, I think we get into some really good conversations talking ethics with, um, our friends who usually if they're thinking about planting a church, that's a huge part of the conversation, but, um, it's not, it is not biblical ethics that they're going to. It's not straight from scripture. It's like, well, the Bible says this. So in America that we're going to do this, but it's very much, this is what we'll do in America. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's very, very different. And I don't want to do, I don't want to, talk about all the american ethics that we can talk about or the worldly ethics that we can talk about i think it would be really good so why i guess then how can you say with such confidence like christians our gatherings are meant for specifically christians Mm. not people on the fence not non-christians not whatever but followers of the way maybe that's a better term well it's the term used in scripture um thinking yeah go on that that's the question uh yeah 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 yeah. pretty much how what gives you such confidence i mean i have some places that i review in scripture when i when i think of that but um i want to hear what you have first and then if there's anything you don't say maybe i can add to it well the first thing that comes to mind is i think of matthew 16 and i'm don't quote me on this but i think this is literally the first time that jesus uses the word church ecclesia like in in the New Testament. And this wasn't like a foreign understanding to people. This is something that like even the gathering of the Israelites at Sinai and stuff, there's like a similar word I've read before, like used for like even the Israelites back then. I don't um, know. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to sit here like some sort of Hebrew and Greek expert, yeah. but um, in Matthew 16, um, verse 18, it says, I tell you, you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the mm-hmm. gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So let's just take a very basic understanding right there. If Jesus is telling Peter on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I don't think he's saying like, Hey, the gates of hell go in the church. You know what I mean? Like, let's just mix the two. So even from that aspect, but then you get into the picture of like Acts 2, Acts 4, which we're obviously going to harp on endlessly because we believe it's such a pure example. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first time in Acts 2, verse 47, I believe it's the first time that Ecclesia is used in uh, in that book. And it's like the purest description. And they came together and they're breaking bread and they ate with joyful and sincere hearts. And they prayed and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And they took their proceeds and they sold them and distributed amongst each other as they saw need. And so on and so on. You know, it's like this image of it. We Again, we say in Acts 4, um, very similar thing. Another picture of just the church. And so it's just this, it's this reference to the gathering of believers um, at the end of the day. But it's like, okay, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't know if yeah, you yeah. actually know this, but it sounds to me like um, a singular, not plural. Like give us, it's meant to give us the mindset of, 
a single collective unit. Like I think very much um, in the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. Israel was often treated as like all the individuals collectively made up a person that God had a relationship with in a sense. And that's why like one individual had the ability to bring either sort of blessing, like Mm. you can think of different prophets or whatever, or um, curse or like defeat. I just think of the book of Joshua, like on the whole collective of people, because it was very much this collectivist mindset, which is super foreign to all of us Westerners. Um, But it sounds to me like that word, uh, what did what did we land on? Ecclesia. Yeah, that's the pronunciation. Great. <laughs> uh, I think people say ecclesia. They say ecclesia. Okay. If you have an accent, it comes out of something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which <laughs> we're white Americans. We have an accent, but uh, yeah. okay. E- ecclesia. <laughs> that's what that's what we'll go with. Um, it sounds to me, you know, in the way that it's being used, um, I will build my church. The way that Jesus. Um, says that to Peter. And then I think of, you know, first Peter two, we get into, um, but about, about like, okay, as you have come to him, a living stone. So here's this individual idea rejected by people, but chosen and honored by God, you yourselves as living stones. Mm. Now we're getting into the broader. We're all together. A spiritual house, like a singular unit now a collective making up a singular unit so you yourselves as living stones a spiritual house are being built to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to god through jesus christ um and he talks more about that later about us being a chosen race royal priesthood a holy nation a people for his possession um Hmm. anyways i just wanted to check i guess um that i guess that it's um maybe a bit heady in a sense but it helps to form my understanding of maybe god's intent when he uses that word or literally like we can't be an ecclesia a a spiritual house like a singular no that's good where we're all these living stones but together as one unit with non-believers yeah so yeah, I mean, I mean, the imagery makes sense. I think the scripture makes sense, what you're saying. I think that's one of the biggest problems with the church right now is that the infrastructure in America, a lot of times church is also an evangelistic method. Oh, yeah. It's like this big blend, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, yeah. well, we also just invite people to church and maybe they'll hear the gospel, maybe they'll get saved. And so there's this like fruit salad of believers and non-believers. Mm-hmm. And really, what are we doing? You know, we're not equipping the believers well because we're presenting a cookie cutter gospel constantly mm-hmm. um, or we're not evangelizing well, you know, even because it's kind of, we're trying to infuse some meat maybe there for the actual believers there. It's just a weird or, hybrid. Of, or you get very specific flavors of churches where it's either they're like really, really intellectual and scholarly and there's, you know, nobody who is a new believer probably is going to walk through those doors Um or you get the, this is for, you're probably not even a believer. Maybe you are. Let's get excited about this or that or whatever. Just please, you know, totally. kind of stay. It's, it's, it's this very, either way, it's like a separation. Um, it gives an opportunity to uh, segregate 
is the word I'm looking for, hmm. are churches um, based off of style and, and platform and uh, modality kind of like what our focus is. And it doesn't ever reach the fullness of Christ. Yeah, because all of a sudden we're really focused even, you know, this is a whole, whole other topic, but getting into showmanship or whatever. Because now we're getting into showmanship because it might affect what people think of the band. And now we have fog machines because mm-hmm. we want to have like it's entertainment, you know. Yeah. None of that should be for the mature believer in Christ. There's <laughs> may, maybe maybe this is it. There's a target audience. And I just don't. Yeah. I don't see how there's meant to be any segregated target audience hmm. at our church gatherings. Like it's meant to be for all it's it's meant to be this incredibly diverse um experience where you cover all the the highs and the lows and the early and the late and in terms of uh or the or the young and the old i guess in terms of faith and like everything in between um not the people who enjoy this or the people who enjoy that um yeah i don't know segregations i don't i don't like it yeah it's not it is not ethical biblically yeah, that makes me think of a story. I remember one time I was getting really into like wanting to lead worship and stuff and I was super into Hillsong and you know, whoever, you know, yeah. all the big names. And yeah. I remember I must have been eighteen. I don't I think it was before we started dating. Um I think okay. I'd just given my life to Christ or something before you even moved to Colorado and um okay. yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I remember my telling my dad like I want to be a worship leader I want to you know yeah do this and I was like wanting to like well I need to learn how to do a guitar I'm watching the people on stage so I need, like, need to learn how to like rock to the music you know because that like makes people into worship I need to I need to have the smile on my face even if I don't mean it because you know that gets people joyful right you know and like and whatever you know if the song really gets going you jump a little bit like come on and <laughs> yeah no 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 like so these are literally like how worship these... team meetings go though like across no, definitely. the nation definitely yeah. so I, i'm sitting here thinking like oh man i'm telling my dad about all this stuff like i'm learning you know like i need to learn how to be able to move while playing the guitar it matters and whatnot my dad's like hey uh why don't you come with me to a different church on sunday and i said okay sure let's go uh, we go to a different church you know and they immediately it's like there's not a person in the room that's under 70 <laughs> and they, and literally they they open up hymn books surprise surprise and they just sing hymns to an organ you know for 30 minutes and i mean the look on my face was just like completely de- deflated you know i was just like yeah <laughs> you know okay, like okay, okay. my, my oh, earnest why was that well be, my earnest thought at the moment was just like this isn't what i want to do yeah you know and my dad literally just told me like hey if you once you can learn to worship to this you'll be ready to lead worship. Yeah. And I was like, oh, interesting. You know, and it took several weeks, if not months of like wrestling with like, what does he mean by that? Even that was like almost like a, a parable in a sense, you know, to me, it was like, what what does this, (laughs) so straightforward, not hidden at all. (laughs) Father mean, you know, like, and, uh, but it, but it was so true. And, And I look back and, you know, my now grown so much with Jesus and yeah like I go yeah that was like the most brilliant thing my dad could have ever done because it was oh, so true yeah. you know and but the reality is like our, our church culture you know that church I was going to like well they fed that they fed that thing that like, this is how we go and in our in our church mm-hmm. churches even have worship teams like that that are a team b team c team you know and these are based off of how good you are of a musician and so all this different stuff 
you know, and again, that's a rabbit trail we're not trying to get down to. But the point is, I, I think a big it reason matters. Yeah, go for it. Go I, for no, it. I was saying I think a big reason why we do that, I guess, to tie back into sort of the, the question at hand is because we're trying to reach certain people. We're trying. Um, I don't know. It's just it's not pure anymore. You know, if you're it's that trying to if if the gathering of believers is about Christians. Mm hmm. Followers of the way, people who have forsaken the ways of the world to mm -hmm. follow the way. Then everything we do is going to be based based off of that. And and Period. Jesus will be enough coming together to learn more about him, mm -hmm. to meet him, to go through I mean we'll get into, I know, in 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 a, in later episodes or more episodes, um what it looks like when we get together and, and what we're supposed to be doing when we come together. But at its root, without diving too far down the Jesus rabbit is trail, enough. It and should it, be enough. And and at its at its root, the bottom line is church needs to be about the believers. And right. that's 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 what this comes back to. Again, we can we can go down into all these other things. It's it's really hard not to because so much of the when you really dive off of the original question you asked, like it's easy to get into all that the other showmanship. Stuff. Yeah. It's easy to get into the singular like main teaching pastor. It's easier to slide into these other things, which they're all important to talk about, but at the at the end of the day, it's really important to just say church is for believers. Yeah. And I, I think um, many of these problems that or eh, I guess sort of I'm if I can call them, I think, honestly, unethical practices that we have mm -hmm. um, and in many of our formats, we prefer to have and to lean on. I think many of these unethical practices come because we're not embracing um, this biblical reality that our gatherings are meant to be for believers. Like I think a lot of it can be traced back to this idea that we're going to, we're going to blend and we're going to do all these other things. Um, yeah. And so I wanted to add, that was a you know, great scripture that you brought up. Um, I, so, you know, when you, had said with such conviction it's for the believers and and i think um back when uh you were first talking about it whatever conversation that was however many years ago i'm sure we were talking with other like church leaders at the time um but you brought up ephesians 4 and you brought up uh yeah, for totally. the building up of the body which was something that i had heard before but i guess mm -hmm. not as strong Direct. strong yeah. not as like mm, no, there's no room for anything else. Um, which is which is a good passage to show like clearly we're meant to be building up the body of Christ. You literally can't do that with people who are not part of the body of Christ. But I um then I guess just had like a mental note. I have a lot of mental notes that I'm just like, huh, interesting. I'm just gonna like tack that to the side and as I'm reading through scripture. I'll just keep that in, in mind to be aware of. And, um, you know, it's really, really funny. Um, if you journey through the book of Acts, there's un unbelievers are never at gatherings of believers. Like you go through the epistles and we'll get, we'll get into, I know in further episodes, we'll get into like instructions for our gatherings and right. like just in all those epistles and everywhere that you find these instructions, it is actually really, really clear. It's believers that are being instructed right now. Not, yeah, not to non-believers. Well, totally, totally. Um, and the unbelievers are being instructed. It's uh, a 
they're being instructed to be to purged. believe the gospel. Yeah, or, to believe uh, the gospel yeah, or be yeah. purged from the. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong. You're uh, yeah. totally no. No matter what, it's like an appeal for the gospel, but totally. not to the ways of God. It's to God Himself, right? If unbelievers are being addressed, but you journey through the Book of Acts and always evangelism happens outside of these gatherings. It yeah, happens. I was going to say that earlier too. That's the it huge problem with the way we do church right yep. now is it actually stops evangelism. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and it's just, it's, it's just not meant to be that way. But if evangelism happens in the marketplace, it happens at the city gates. Mm-hmm. It happens just walking along to wherever and you're passing by a river and oh hey let me come join what you're doing you know there's all these different um places that it happens that are not the gathering of believers going over the word and edifying each other but it's it's literally just like out as as you are out going about your life Mm. there is a leading of the holy spirit and um, yeah, I think most people literally are never going to even try to listen for that because, well, I'm, I'm, I'll invite my friend to church mm. and we'll let someone else kind of do the work or we'll see how they feel about it then. And I don't know, I'll just, um, we just have so much of an easy cop out, but, um, you, it's just, we don't have an example of evangelism happening at these, at the gatherings of the ecclesia. We, yeah. it's. It, just, it kind of blew my mind. I was like, oh, wait, there's no biblical precedent here for this. And there's kind of a clear, like, however, I don't, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. We cover like well over a decade in the book of Acts. So we have all this like church I history. I think it's more than that. Yeah. I, no, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty confident it is more than that. I just know it's. I think it's like 20 to 30 years or something. I'm, yeah, it's I'm a pretty long sure it's got to, some, someone can leave a comment. They can help us out. Maybe. <laughs> um, I, I just know the conversion of Paul to like when he writes yeah. so to the Galatians. This is what I want. Do you mind if I bring no, something up? No, go for it. Go for Here's it. the thing that I think this is kind of like, this will get back to the root of the question, be a simple fundamental answer for mm-hmm. uh, the basics here. In the early church, in Acts, yeah. this is the passage coming to mind when you're talking about. It says in Acts, goodness, 11, this is the church in Antioch. Um, you know, in verse 19, it says, now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far, um, as Phoenicia, Cyprus, Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. And it goes on and on and on. Um, you get down to verse 26 and it says, and in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. So it wasn't even... They, they were just followers of the way. You know, that's yeah. the reference in Acts, especially up to this point, is just like followers of the way. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how they identified it themselves. Jesus is the way. They're mm-hmm. followers of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the non-Christians that now point to them and start calling them Christians because something about their life marked them as a Christian, mm-hmm. as a follower of Christ. And therefore, they had this title, Christian. Yeah. In today's world, the world looks inside the church and they question, are you really a Christian? Yeah. They're not calling those people in the church Christian. They're questioning a lot of people that call themselves Christians, whether or not they're actually serious about it. And I think that alone distinguishes a huge problem, you know, because at one point in history early on, we were being called Christians. We didn't have to do anything because our lives reflected it. 
Yeah. But in today's world, it, it doesn't. And a lot of that is because of this mixing that we allow. We allow this very weird world to coexist within the walls of your church building, within our gatherings of yeah. the ecclesia. Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense. No, we undermine so much of um, the potential, the possibility for growth. Like we, we remove so many opportunities because we're just, we're compromising. But, and I guess this is, why I wanted to have this conversation before we can even really get into biblical ethics for the ecclesia. Um, this matters, this understanding that our gatherings are meant for followers of the way that really, really matters because man, I have talked in circles and, and I, I, with, with many people, uh, you know, throughout our travels over the years, as we've done ministry and just however long it's been, you know, I've, I've just, it feels like I'm talking in circles and I'm, you know, genuinely confused here and there along the way and needing to learn Mm -hmm. and in my own right, for sure. Um, but I hear most often when those circular conversations are happening, there's this same conclusion that kind of gets parroted from almost everyone is it's just this idea that the way that things are right now, like if we're going to get people Hmm. in church, then we just can't do it this way. The way that is prescribed in the Bible. Cause we'll, you know, I mean the, this, the Bible is supposed to be our shared foundation. This is where we go to for all of our instruction. And so often there's this idea of, but we can't do it that way cause that won't work for today. And so much of that comes back to because we're compromising on who we're wanting to get to come to our gatherings. And so that's why I really want to touch on this because it matters. I think it's super. I'm glad you brought it up. Thanks. Yeah. I think it's super simple. If we want to talk about biblical ethics for the ecclesia, if we want to talk about, then we want to read over these scriptures. Like if we have a foundational understanding that, the people who are meant to be a part of this Hmm. are followers of the way. All those excuses disappear. We just read through the word and we're like, okay, Hey, we can do this because we're not trying to compromise what God has given us in scripture. And yeah, essentially greater ethics. This entire book is a book on history, testimony and ethics, you know? And so, and some prophecy. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, like, and a few things yet to come yeah, <laughs> that we and, don't really understand. And so, at the end of the day, the problem is there are two different natures. There are those that are found in Christ, and those are there are those that are found outside of Christ, and they're mm-hmm. living in the world. And mm-hmm. we have two completely different ethics we live by. Oh, absolutely. And, the, and, the, and at, you, from you people can't reconcile in, them. No, and as people in the church, we should never look to the world and expect them to act. Uh, congruent with our nature of having been resurrected in Christ. Like because of what Jesus has done for us, our ethics change. We become citizens of heaven, scripture calls it. And as a result, we take on ethics of Christ. Yeah. And now we embody that. But for the world, I could never put that burden on them. No. Like they're, if they're of the world, then they're going to act congruent with their nature as being a part of the world. We like the gospel message is that you need God to help you put to death 
all the ways of the world, that nature that you were born into that is of the world, you need that to be put to death and you need yeah. God himself to resurrect you now into his life and his way. Not just for eternity, right. but for right now. So like, no, the world literally can't do that and we can't expect them to do that or else totally. what is the gospel message? Right. What is that resurrection And there's power, a place to confront those ethics that they have and evangelize them and share with them the hope of Jesus. But it's probably mm -hmm. not best done with uh, hundreds, if not thousands of people sitting in one room with one person talking to you about their Christian ethics. Why wouldn't that so, be effective? <laughs> I think that that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So, it does. I think there's plenty to talk on on ethics in the ecclesia, but the bottom line is before we can get into ethics, we got to be sure wh who we're talking to, and that is Christians, followers of the way, in the ecclesia as a part of the ecclesia.